What's good, y'all? It is your boy, Jonathan Dumas. It has been a minute, and I'm so excited to be with y'all. Like, I'm smiling from ear to ear. Man, I'm really, I can't wait to dive into this theme, this one on entrepreneuring while BIPOC, being a business owner of color, all those things. I can't wait to, to introduce you to all of my friends because um, I made so many friends. But before I do that, I always forget to talk about the logistical things and the programming e things. So I'm going to do that really quickly. The first one is subscribe, rate the show, leave a review. We want to hear from you. All of those things help other people find the show. And if you think the show is dope, let us know. If there are things that we can improve, let us know. Second piece is we have an email list. I promise we are going to get more consistent. Um, when you sign up for that email list, multiple things will happen. The first thing is you will get sent a confirmation email. Complete that confirmation email so we can get your information, so we can send you the second thing, which is stickers. Um, the first 100 people that sign up uh, will get those free stickers. So to sign up for the email list, that is in the show description. And then finally, financially support us, y'all. I cannot express the amount of gratitude that I have for all those supporters that we have. The one-time supporters, the people that su support us monthly, y'all like literally keep me going, right? Like, especially when those moment, those months where like, it's just radio silence and y'all still supporting us. You're paying Reggie stipend. You're paying for the pod hosting site, all of that stuff you y'all are, you're supporting. So thank you so much. Really, really pre appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Like I, damn, I can't believe it. So shout out y'all. So that is it for the programming reminder stuff. Um, yeah, that is it there. Let us hit to the highly visible story of the week. Okay, y'all. Yes, highly visible story of the week. Yes, you guessed it. Um, Palestine and Israel. I'm not going to call it a conflict, but a conflict would mean that there's like two equal powers in at odds. Israel is a superpower in the Middle East. They, you know, are backed by superpowers across the globe. Um, Hamas, yes, has been categorized as a terrorist group. Um, but what we are witnessing is an attack on innocent civilians who have nothing to do with the war. There is a misinformation and disinformation campaign that is running rampant. The number of lives lost over the last few weeks is astonishing and the world leaders i'll say and i put that in quotations but people who have the power and authority to hold israel accountable to hold netanyahu accountable um, are not and it is absolutely appalling and disgusting and this should go without saying but i do want to say this that the attack by hamas to israeli citizens was despicable, like that is a crime against humanity. But the retaliation that Israel is having to the Palestinian people, it is devastating. And what we need to do, I think we need to put this in the context because we're hearing words like war crimes, we're hearing words like genocide, we're hearing words like collective punishment. And I feel like we're getting lost in the sauce when it comes to this, right? Um, I'm not gonna break down the stats of what's going on. I'm not gonna go into the details of what's going on. Like y'all can find that. But according to the ICRC website, this is what they say a war crime is. So war crimes are thus violations of the laws and customs of war. However, not all violations of laws of war are war crimes. Violations of the laws and customs of war qualify as war crimes, only if they are sufficiently serious. That is, involve death, 
injury, destruction, or unlawful taking of property, or if they breach important values, even without physically endangering persons or objects directly. War crimes include, for example, abusing dead bodies, subjecting persons to humiliating treatment, making persons undertake work that directly helps the uh, military operations of the enemy, violations of a right to fair trial, using the recruiting children under 15 years of age, and participate in armed conflict and starving civilians. So a good example of this is um, while stealing a piece of bread would not constitute a war crime, like that's obviously unethical, but that's not like a broad sweeping thing that would categorize as a war crime. However, and I want you to pay attention to this, bombing the village bakery with the intention of starving the civilian population qualifies as a war crime. And we're actually seeing that. There are on-the-ground journalists, one in particular, Bisan. There's been hospital bombings. There has been uh, vast communication. There has been mass communications around evacuations and then bombing those evacuation routes. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, Genocide. We've heard this word genocide being shared, and particularly on social media. Genocide is the deliberate killing of a large number of people from a particular nation or ethnic group with the aim of destroying that nation or group. But what is actually what we're actually witnessing is the murder of thousands, thousands of Palestinians, half of which are kids. And finally, I want to land on this one, collective punishment. Collective punishment is a punishment or sanction imposed on a group for acts allegedly perpetuated by a member of that group, which could be an ethnic or political group or just the family, friends, neighbors of the perpetuator. So for those who don't understand that, collective punishment is punishing a group of people rather than the people that are directly responsible for the issue. And I think that that, that's what we're witnessing. We're not allowing people to exit safely um, as out of the Gaza Strip to trick and um, mislead them on where they should, where they can go, to bombard them repeatedly over and over and over again and use the lie that their Hamas is using them as human shields. It's absolutely horrendous, y'all. Continue to call, continue to call your representatives, continue to email them, bombard the system. There have been protests all over the world. Hundreds of thousands of people are calling for a ceasefire, for humanitarian aid to enter into Gaza, to find some kind of resolution to this. But I think the number one thing we need to do is continue to press our representatives um, and get a ceasefire going. We just you know, approved $14.6 billion in the House uh, to send an additional aid to Israel. I mean, we are literally aiding and abetting genocide. Yeah, continue to pressure up, y'all. Um, I'm going to try, I'll include some links in here so that way you have it, but just want to make sure that we have that, y'all. It's kind of all over the place, highly visible story of the week. It's just um, kind of off the cuff because I wasn't really necessarily planning on it. Free Palestine, standing on it. Free Palestine. That's what it is. All right, y'all. Let's talk about this theme. All right, y'all. This theme, I am, this is my shit. You know, I have been a entrepreneur, which is French for business owner, <laughs> for two years, going on three. It'll be three in April. And gosh, y'all, I, I, just the learnings about myself and all these different things, like I cannot wait to dive into you and have and share these conversations with you because they were really incredibly fantastic and affirming and challenging, all these different things. 
I think for me, like as somebody who wears a lot of hats, I'm always, I don't know, people ask me how I do it. I mean, I just want to shout out like <laughs> the supplement I take, Magic Mind, number one. It is a natural supplement and it has like matcha, ashwagandha mushrooms, lion's mane mushrooms, all these different things. I take up my coffee. It's helped with my ADHD. It's helped with giving me some energy, clarity, um, productivity when I'm hitting walls. And I don't have to like have a bunch of energy drinks or a bunch of coffee. I just take that in the morning with my coffee, a part of my routine. And it's really, really helped. It's part of my like, you know, toolkit as being effective and taking care of myself as an entrepreneur is like incredibly important to me. I honestly would recommend it for like students, parents, um, anybody who has like a lot of stuff, you know, if you just, you know, even if you're not an entrepreneur, like it's really, really helpful. If you want to check it out, I actually have a uh, code in my uh, bio. It's the, it's visible 20. If you go to magicmind.com slash visible and input the code visible 20, you get like 20% off and you can just check it out. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really wonderful. But anyways, I've been doing this thing y'all. And that's like one, a part of my repertoire. That's a part of my toolkit to stay together. But I have learned a lot. And one of the things right off the top that I learned is that all those entrepreneurial like gurus are legitimately full of shit. Like none of them tell you the honest truth about what it means to be an entrepreneur, about what it's like. And they sell you this dream about making a million dollars. And the reality is that that's not it. Like being a business owner is hard. It is exhausting. It is straining on all of your relationships because you're the only one that gets it, understands, especially for me, um, I am the first in my family to do this thing, to be full-time, that I know of at least. And it is kind of tough to like try and talk about what I do, try and talk about what I'm trying to create, how are you making money, how are you surviving, all these different things. There's a lot. And like, you got to find your people that get it. You got to find other entrepreneurs that get it because, you know, as much as Lens has helped me and helped me process and push forward and not let me give up and encouraged me, she still doesn't know what it's like to be a business owner, right? To have this thing on your mind all of the time, how much to take so much like brain space. Um, and on top of that, like in the beginning, you're not making a lot of money. Like it's not super consistent. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's another stressor. Um, like on top of always working, it feels like you're always hustling. Um, and some of my biggest insecurities that I didn't even know I had showed up like daily, all the time. They show up all the time. And it's like they crawl out of the woodworks and they stare at me right in my face, y'all. And it, every single day, every day, I like legitimately have to make a conscious choice to like face those insecurities and continue to create, continue to like put myself out there, market myself, craft, work with clients, sell myself, do all these things. This is something that I legitimately am fucking good at. Like, I'm a really fucking good coach. I'm a really fucking good consultant. I know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm a really good podcaster. I know what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? And to get up every single day and do this thing that I know, that I feel in my bones, that, I'm, that I was made to do, it's, it's an incredibly indescribable feeling. But it doesn't mean it's not any less hard. Um, and I want to reframe this word like hustle, because I think that that word has negative connotations to it. I think that there is 
something to that hustle culture that is incredibly unhealthy. Um, and it speaks to a lot of the things that are hard and exhausting and straining about it, right? Um, but I think that there is a beautiful part about being an entrepreneur where you create your own path, where you get to decide what you want to do differently, um, where you, at least for me, decide that this hyper-capitalistic, greedy, all about me, mine, mine, mine mindset, I ain't about that. Like, fuck that. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to do something different. I want to do something that is anti-oppressive, that's not manipulative, that is about community, that is about building people up, that is people-centered, um, that is joyful, that is authentic, that's me, that's equitable. And I get to do that in my work. It has been in, at a journey the last three years to get here, to figure out, and to get here, I ain't there yet, to continue to figure out how I'm supposed to do this. How do I market myself well? How do I connect with people? How do I find the right people? How do I find my right people that like I even want to work with, that I want to sell with, the right clientele? All those different things, y'all. Like Y'all have been on the journey with me throughout this podcast. Like All of it is interconnected. All of it. And so I don't want to hustle anymore. Like That is not my thing. Like I want to work hard. But this hustle idea, like I have to constantly be moving, 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 like it's exhausting. And I think I want to create space. I want to create margin. I want to do things joyfully. I want to be um, with my partner and be with her. I want to be with my friends and be with them. I want to be with my family and be with them. I want to enjoy the thing that I'm creating and building while also like it being hard. And I think both of those things are possible. And my whole like process of being an entrepreneur has really reshaped even how I see work. And I don't ignore the fact that I'm in an incredibly privileged position, y'all. Like I, I recognize that like not everybody can quit their job and like start their own thing. Some people have to do part time. Some people don't want to take the risk of starting their own thing or, or do that. Like I get it. I totally do. Um, and entrepreneurship, business owner, business ownership is not for the faint of heart, it's not something that you do on a whim because it takes a lot out of you. And when I say I see insecurities that I didn't know I had before, I do every single day. What is interesting is I found out that I was ADHD because I became an entrepreneur. I found out that I was incredibly persevering because I'm an entrepreneur. I found out that I was determined and creative and innovative and much more driven by community and I have a deep desire to be authentic and joyful because I'm an entrepreneur. And I think sometimes when you're put in a position where it feels isolating or lonely, sometimes like there are parts of you that like really come out and you have to make a conscious decision on how you're going to face those things. And I'm really excited to talk about this theme, y'all. Like these, these folks that I, that I had a chance to connect with, I just, these are my folks. These are my peoples. These are, the, these are like-minded folks that are trying to do entrepreneurship differently. And the conversations we have are, are some, some, so the depth that I like just deeply desire and collaborate that are, um, melt that with like work. <sighs> you, we cook them with grease, baby. I love it. And we dive deep into stories, y'all. We, we explore their journeys. We explore their successes. We explore their failures. We, we talk about the strength it takes to build something from the ground up. Or we, take, we talk about the community that it takes to build something from the ground up. We're not just focusing on one identity. We're celebrating this tapestry of stories um, that exist uh, around us that are creating things that are based off of their experience. 
like I mentioned, they're not just black, you know, they're not just indigenous, they're not just Asian, um, or any other like single identity. We we hear from people that, you know, are gay, um, uh, LGBTQ plus, we hear we have some folks that are, you know, disabled, veterans, all these multiple intersecting identities like are are here. And I'm so excited to have have them, have them share their story, honor their story, um, and shine a light on the beautiful, beautiful uniqueness that exists out in the world and that they're choosing to show up as their full selves in their entrepreneurship. Like that is the, that's the, that's the, that's the kicker y'all. So we will be, be, be doing the damn thing y'all. And it's going to be so, so fun. Most importantly, we explore like how we're working through all of this stuff, how we're showing up and how we can do this thing differently. As I mentioned, this theme is really, really close to my heart. And each of these episodes are in a way like a reflection of my journey. I've had, you know, ups and downs. <laughs> I've wanted to quit so many times. Shout out Lens for keeping me encouraged. But I've learned so many valuable lessons along the way. And it's a constant journey of growth, y'all, and self-discovery. And I am excited to share these experiences with you and dive, dive into it as candidly, as openly, as vulnerably, as authentically and joyfully as possible because we're a community. So get ready, y'all, for some incredibly inspiring stories, some dope-ass conversations, a whole lot of insight around what it's like to be an entrepreneur of color, all these other identities that exist. And so whether you're on the cusp of like thinking about starting your own thing or you're perfectly fine um, with your W-2 role or you might, you know, be a seasoned business owner or just curious, this theme is for you and I'm excited for you to tune in. So check out the first episode. It is live already. Can't wait for y'all to hear my friends. Don't forget to like, subscribe and leave a review. I want to hear what your experience is like with this theme. I'll talk to y'all soon. Peace.